Welcome to the Builders Podcast, episode 89. Matt Bailey, educating yourself, big biz lessons for small business, analytics and data. Before we jump into this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube, and after a listen, please give us a thumbs up, like, and share if we've earned it. With your help, we can reach more people and deliver these valuable from the trenches lessons to those that need it. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another The Builders. Today, we are joined by Matt Bailey. Welcome to the show, Matt. Hey, thank you, Matt. I appreciate the invitation. So, Matt is a digital marketer or knows digital marketing. Uh, you're an author. You do workshops and stuff. You do. You help uh, large corporations. Uh, you do training for them and things like that. Correct. Yes. Anything? Any, anything else I'm missing there? Uh, that's pretty much my life right now. Yeah, it's a <laughs> lot of training. <laughs> a lot of training. So that's that's good. So that means we're going to get some great info and training today in this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think with the pandemic, you know, everyone was looking to how do we upgrade our teams? And so uh, it, it was just it was online training forever. It felt like so. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. Awesome. Awesome. Well, so what we like to do here on the builders is kind of start with your story, your personal story to figure out how you ended up being this awesome trainer you are today. And in business for yourself, yeah. and so that wow. could be this, this the short version, the medium version, long. Um, why, don't, why don't we go back in history and and like why did you? What was that journey like? How did you end up um, where you are today? Well, Matt, I'm going to start with my parents. <laughs> you know, well, let's go okay. back. My, I, 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 so I've always <laughs> been comfortable in front of people, and I think part of that is my my father is a pastor and my mother is a teacher. And okay, so I grew up in a household where we were well read and, you know, my grammar was corrected consistently and learning was something that was always encouraged as well as we had a, a well, uh, we always communicated. Communication mm -hmm. was always encouraged and, you know, seeing both my father and my mother in front of people, being able to communicate well and instruct was was something that I think growing up in that environment made it very easy. Um, now, my father left and uh, he had to retire for health reasons and actually started a business. So, and, and I'm really going back here. In 1984, he brought home a Commodore 64 computer. Nice. And, you know, and immediately I was, I was drawn to him. Like, what is this thing? Uh, and only one other, one of my friends, he was the only other kid in school who had a Commodore 64. Uh, and so he kind of said, okay, next we got to get you a modem. And so <laughs> we, we put the phones on the cradles and we would transfer files back and forth when we could have easily just given each other a disc. But I went online and I love to tell people in 1984, I went online and what I found were bulletin boards. And social media did not start with Facebook in 2012. Social media started with pre-browser, pre-, -browser, pre uh, you know, the modern internet. 
I was on bulletin boards in 1984 where people were talking and discussing and sharing information and, and reviewing things, and it was all online. And, and this world was just so fascinating to me. Fast forward a, a number of years, uh, but I, was, I, I graduated college with a journalism degree, and what that taught me is I didn't want to do journalism. But I liked the writing. I liked the research. I liked the the development of story. Um, but I went into real estate. <laughs> you know why not? Uh, and I but I started developing websites, and this was in the mid to late '90s, to sell commercial properties. Because at that time, if you're selling a commercial property, you can put it in the local paper. You can buy an ad in a magazine. And but how are you going to reach people? who are interested in commercial properties that are like hospitality or office or things like that. Right. So I started building websites to market to these specific niches. And within two years, I was one of the top realtors in the state because I was able to reach this. And and, and it kind of broke my broker's heart because I, I that's funny, I was just talking about this today, uh, because I told him like, I, I like this, but I love this internet stuff mm. and I'm going to go this direction. And from there, I went to work for brands, went to work for some agencies, eventually starting my own agency. Uh, and then about eight years ago, I made a pivot to just education uh, rather than service and taking on clients. Because even when I had the agency, I spent so much time teaching business owners, companies, Here's what we're doing, and here's why we're doing it, and enabling yeah. them to justify internally what they needed to do. <laughs> interesting. Uh, that is a, that is an interesting journey. Well, first of all, let's go back to the '80s. I mean, I, was, <laughs> of course. I, let's do I wish that. I would. I wish I would have known about bulletin boards and stuff because I talked to somebody else too recently on this podcast. They they were like really into the social aspect of that. And my dad had gotten. Um, I was you know a teenager in the '80s. And he had got some Apple, like an Apple II, and I remember we got an Apple IIe and a 2GS, yeah. and we were upgrading as time went on. But I love just the programming aspect of it and playing around with it. And then uh, in the 90s, I forgot all about computers for a while. But um, but that's that's a really interesting starting point. But you know that spinning that into you know what your family's like and just that social aspect you grew up in, it makes a lot of sense that you're training today. But also that journey of kind of discovery of when you're doing stuff that um that is you're in some kind of industry like for me i was it was insurance i was an insurance agent for a number of years late 90s 2000s and then i built a website and then i figured out how i, I made a sale from the website Right. <laughs> like what is this website <laughs> right. stuff? Yeah. What is this digital marketing stuff? What's affiliate marketing? What is you know? Uh, so that yeah. that's kind of interesting yeah. that you kind of discovered that and were like, wait, I really like this other thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, it was great. I, I I like to tease my so my broker at that point was probably one of the best mentors I have ever had in business, um, teaching me sales, how to work with people, negotiation. I learned so much about business from him, but I love to tease him because it was probably about 19, I want to say it was probably 98, 97, 98. And, and he says to me, he says, I, he says, Matt, I'm just, 
not sure you should be putting so much time into this internet thing. And then two years later, I'm like, Hey, um, I'm going to move on. And so, yeah. 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 Well, what, what, what type of things uh, like when you were um, back in, you know, late nineties, I mean, there's, how are you marketing your site? Were you, um, how did you get traffic and all that stuff? What, what was it like back then? Wow. Um, so great question because I built my website like I learned newspapers. So that's where the journalism background really came in because I started developing a web page as if I was developing, you know, a front page of a news article. So I have my main headline. Uh, I have subheadings, I have topics, bullet points, and then, you know, continue on this page. So a hyperlink to me was just like, you know, continue on page B7, mm, you know, something right, like yeah. that. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I had learned enough layout technique, a little bit of design, you know, I don't show anyone the first few iterations of that website. <laughs> And, and I and, and Matt, you'll love it. I still have my website, the HTML files, on a little floppy disk. It's somewhere Dude, in the that's closet. Awesome. That's awesome. That's yeah. <laughs> Um, but it didn't take long before some of the other realtors were saying, "Look, we're we're searching for real estate in Ohio and and in this region, and you're coming up number one on Yahoo and Alta Vista <laughs> and some of these others." And I was like, "Really?" So. I went and did some searches and I saw, wow, okay, I'm ranking well. And and I just kind of reversed engineered it that right. well, I did it as if I were doing a newspaper. And and interestingly enough, that's what the algorithm was really based on, our human factors. And newspapers have been developed over decades based on people look at a headline, then they browse to right. the subheadings to find what they want and bullet points and so the layout techniques that I learned for a newspaper applied really well to an online design. And so right away, it didn't take long before I was figuring out, oh, this is how you get rankings in the search engines. Okay. Uh, and move from there. So the majority of my leads, now this is, this is what I learned over a couple of years here. Uh, there came a point where I only have two hours in the evening to work on my website. And what am I gonna do? Do I update this? Do I follow leads? Do I, you know, I've got a limited amount of time. And I asked myself that question of, what's the best use of my time? Mm. Where should I put my time to make the most money? What's going to do that? And I couldn't answer that question. And that bothered me because as I started then, and this started into my analytics career, which, don't get me wrong. I hate math. I hate math with a passion. Um, but when you throw dollar signs in front of things, it's <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so I started digging in and I realized, so over the past, I looked at where all my leads came from. Where did my sales come from? And what was really interesting is as much as I loved search engine optimization and what was happening, I was getting about 80 to 90% of my leads were all coming from search engines. Hmm. They were finding me online, coming to the site, and they were registering as a lead. And I was using a spreadsheet as a, as a CRM. You know, who did I contact? When did they, you know, keeping a record of all that. But none of my sales came from those leads. Now, 90% of my leads were coming from search. It was not responsible for any sales. Uh, 
about 5% of my traffic was responsible for 80% of my sales. Mm. And mm -hmm. they came from articles that I'd written that got published on other sites. Uh, ads that I had, I bought a banner ad for $15 a month <laughs> back in the day. Um, and, and it was just, that was the arrangement. But it yeah. was on a site where my target audience was gathering and from those, even though I got less leads, I, as I'm learning through this, they're further into the decision cycle. Yeah. See, everyone that was coming from search was like, hey, you know what? Owning a bed and breakfast would be a great thing to do. We should look into it. And they were very early in the decision cycle. The people that were finding me from the articles, from these other websites that I was getting information published on, these were more detailed articles about financing, about buying specialty properties and commercial properties and why it's different. And so they were more educational. They were more deeper into the, the buying cycle. And so as a result, they were easier to close and blew my mind. And, and that's what taught me the principle is that big numbers lie. And so that, that completely transformed how I viewed online marketing ever since. Oh, gosh, love it. Oh, there's so much to dig into there. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of, I was a, a pay-per-click SEO nerd for all through the 2000s uh, before I got into web design development. It's kind of, I did my pivot. Um, and man, we talked a lot about buy, buy keywords or what do we call them? Buying keywords, um, yeah. buy keywords. Um, but we, you know, obviously keywords were everything for us and pay-per-click or SEO or whatever, but mm -hmm. you could, it was all how to become profitable and how to actually increase conversions was really the keywords you chose because there's every keyword, there's different flavors. Um, I would have kind of like keyword personalities, you know, like some yeah. are just tire kickers. They're just looking for free information. Others are ready to buy right there. They're, they're searching on the brand. They're searching on, I mean, brand keywords where if you, you could lock one of those in before, uh, you know, the merchants started telling us we couldn't do that anymore. Uh, if you could <laughs> lock those in, those converted like hotcakes. Right. Um, I, I remember actually there was a costume site that I, they, they, buy was in the domain name. It was like buycostumes.com or something like that. Oh, yeah. I targeted those That's keywords awesome. and I made a boatload of money yeah. uh, in, the, in the thousands. Um, and <laughs> until I got a note from the merchant that said, don't do that. <laughs> I, had a, I, I couldn't do it anymore but merchants you know in those days they really started to this kind of like 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 google started to tighten their you know their you know what they required you to do you know you have to use this yeah. type of landing page and quality score yeah. and all merchants were doing that too they started to be like i don't know if we like all these affiliates doing anyway so right. but that's really yeah. a, a great insight and i think it also applies to other parts of digital marketing too, right? Like social media. Um, it's not all about how many likes you get and all that stuff. It's about the quality, the, you know, pre-qualified, great targeted people that are actually hitting your site. That That's what matters, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So I, I was actually just writing a script for, um, I, on my podcast, I'm doing a series on seven digital marketing skills that will never go out of style. 
And the reason why I'm doing that is because in December of every year, the same company asks me to do a webinar on emerging trends for the next year, for the next five years. And I had to ask him, like, why are we always looking at the trends? Because when I look back at these webinars and I look at the trends, very few of them have come about. Why aren't we preparing people to have the skills that will get them through those trends? And they said, well, that's not as popular. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. So well, I'm going to do it. And, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was, and the, the, the skill that I'm talking about is experience. And, but not... And I'm, and I'm giving a specific situation of a retailer where they hired a marketing director who had experience. And the problem was when they came in, they looked at what was going on and they said, you know what, I need budget because we're going to go after some of the social media. Um, you know, TikTok's hot. We're going to go and, and do that. And in doing so, they took budget away from paid search and they took budget away from email. Now, they had experience in digital marketing. Mm -hmm. They had no experience in business. And, and, and as I told them later, you had no business taking money out of the two strongest channels that had the highest return on ad spend. And when you take money out of those channels, you lose twice. You lose because you're pulling money out of something that is a guaranteed return. And then you lose again because you not only take that money, you also take the potential revenue out. Um, and what they they damaged this retailer because they wow. put it all into something that was, you know, they were going after the young audience on TikTok when mm -hmm. just looking at their customer, they would have realized that their primary customers uh, were women aged 35 to 55. Um, you know, and they're not on TikTok. So on Pinterest, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a thing. They yeah. took budget away from their two best channels in order to yeah. try something. Right. And right. It, and so this skill of understanding business and not just I'm chasing the latest digital trend. Ooh, you, you know, it, it's you got to know who you're talking to and, and what their actual experience is. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something you kind of um, threaded through here as well as like analytics and, you know, getting insights from, like when you said before, um, you were talking about how you learned what was actually um, converting for you, you know, what, what that all, like what's actually converting into sales and what, what is most important to your particular business and, and, and what you're doing. Um, I think that's, like if something's really working for you, double, triple down on that, but you could still d try other things like the oh, TikTok absolutely. thing. I tried TikTok for a little while. <laughs> wasn't really my <laughs> thing, but, uh, but I've, we figured out our thing, but that's yeah. all through analyzing the results of what we're doing. We're mm -hmm. doing what we're doing today for a reason. We've been doing it for a while, even though it may not from the surface even look that great. But we look at what's converted and where our business is coming from. Our efforts are, are, are what we're doing is working. So, I mean, Absolutely. analytics is super important, right? It is. Like you said, you, you know, what's working, you double down on it. You don't pull budget from it. Yeah. Um, and, and, but I see that happen so many times and it's painful to, to watch. Um, but it, and what, here's what I, and, and like you said, you try new things. You know what works. And so you maintain that, but you, but you look for, well, how can I try this? You, you can try it with very little investment. 
and see what happens. But what I love about analytics, though, ultimately, is it gives you the freedom to say no. Um, you know, I, I look back probably a decade ago, I, I looked at all my analytics and I looked at the time and effort I was putting into Twitter. And I said, you know what, after five years, I'm done and walked away and never saw any, I never saw visitors drop. I never saw business drop. I never saw anything. Yeah. And it, it was like, I can shut that off and it doesn't change my business. It gives me the freedom to say no. That's a t that's a tough thing to do though because I'm gonna tell you right now, I mean because we're we're kind of we're we social media creating content is our like our thing and, and networking yeah. built into that um, mm -hmm. podcast, uh, but but we do like um, we don't do TikTok so that, I just don't even want to go there. Um, like I said, I've tested it in in certain ways, but and I actually yeah. think I I built the following of like 5,000 people on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And then I and then I turned it private because it just wasn't uh, <laughs> um and but uh but we're like on on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and I literally know that I could turn all three of those off and just focus on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Cuz LinkedIn is where 90% plus of the magic is happening for us. Absolutely. For us, Absolutely. for what we're Absolutely. doing. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's hard because it's like, yeah, but. <laughs> like it's that, the, it's the, yeah, it's the fear of missing out. That That's what yeah. that's what drives, I think, most marketing decisions, that fear of missing out. Yeah. Um, but yet it, it's happening all over. And especially the pandemic gave big companies the chance to change things. Um, so, for example, like uh, Procter & Gamble cut their marketing budget by like 50 million or something, and they were doing a lot of uh, programmatic advertising. They cut 50 million during the pandemic, and they saw no change in sales. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uber cut, uh, I wanna say, I think it was, they had a budget of 150 million, they cut 100 million, and they saw no change. Um, and, and so you see a lot of these companies, and, and even around the election, there were, I think, that's like, Fortune 500 companies, a number of them were boycotting Facebook because Facebook was not going to tag political speech or whatever with truth bombs or whatever it was doing. Right. I don't care about that. What was interesting is of the companies that boycotted Facebook, only two out of 200 saw a business decline when they stopped advertising on Facebook. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so if these big companies are yeah. seeing that kind of thing, uh, that I could stop spending money there and it doesn't affect the business. Now, granted, they've got brand, you know, what are they doing? They're, they're promoting brand, they're, they're, they're known, but yet, uh, you know, three months, six months later, they're not seeing it change the bottom line. Uh, it really challenges, I think, a lot of assumptions and it gives us as maybe smaller businesses a chance to say, well, wait a minute, maybe I should rethink some of this. and. And, and see how can I get the most out of this budget rather than just kind of following the crowd. Yeah, I think I think what's what's one of the things, and this is actually kind of what we do though, um, thinking about brand, right? And um, we're a small brand yet, we're working on it. Um, but uh, one of the things, and I, somebody else I was talking to, they had a good way of putting this and I'm not gonna remember 
but it's like basically have, kind of finding your focus, the thing that's, that brings you most to your business and the rest, you just kind of, you, you have a presence. Like there's a difference between like focusing all your energy on like, for example, it would be like LinkedIn for us. So we're focusing all our energy on that and other, you know, the things that are making it an impact. Uh, but the other ones, we, we have a presence there. And so it's not as big of an effort. It's like we're we're posting content there. We're we're and for me, it's important. I I feel like as an agency that uh, we do web design and and stuff and like like Instagram. If if I ever get over a hundred followers on Instagram for my brand, I'm like it's gonna be like we're gonna pop the champagne. Um, we have tried. I have a dedicated designer and a, and a virtual assistant posting content there for like a year and nothing happens. And, and, and part of it's, we're not there. We're not engaging in all that stuff, but, but again, we're, I just made the decision. We're going to focus over here, but, but I keep it there though. And, and here's my point is I keep it there because of brand, because if somebody's searching on us, um, unified web design and they, they're going to find us. Um, there's our Instagram account. Oh, look, they got some nice designs. It's, the, it's those it's those type of searches, the people that are in that buying or decision uh, stage of that process that mm -hmm. might. Uh, and, and I hear that from clients we've gotten that, hey, I, I, you know, they search on you and you're everywhere. And um, but I think from that, there's that difference, like where you spend the money, where your spend is. But you can also kind of still have a presence everywhere else. And I think. That's what's been working for us as you know, yeah. so far. Yeah, yeah being find, being foundable, uh, findable. findable. I, I think that's that's kind of the yeah. key there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, you want to. I, I can see maintaining that presence, and and that's where the nice thing comes is as we develop content, like video content or audio content, you can always splice things up and just mm -hmm. sort of keep it updated in a way where you're not aggressively using it, but you're still populating some content, maybe growing a few followers here and there. Um, and then down the road, maybe something shifts. Uh, maybe you've got someone who wants to take it and run with it. Uh, it's, it's something where, again, it, it's very similar to a business expense. And what are you going to make an expense both with time and money? And if you don't have the time and money, then treat it as a minor business expense and, and as something. But all of a sudden, if it starts producing a return, well, now we can, you know, we can, it, it's kind of like, Matt, I'm going to make the, the equivalence here of, it's kind of like running a podcast because, you know, what was your first mic? I, you know, and what, what mic do you use now? You know, it, it, uh, <laughs> you know, as you get more comfortable and as you start seeing responses and you start building, well, now, okay, now I'm willing to spend more money uh, right. and, and upgrade the equipment and do that. But if you're not seeing anything happening, well, you're not going to do that. That's actually really great. And it's great advice for like small businesses too, especially, you know, if you've got smaller budgets and stuff, we're not talking about multi-million dollar companies that can take, oh, let's take a million dollars and throw it at that, this thing. You can't do that, right. but you can try things. And, and podcasting is a great example. And I, and I can speak to that obviously. Uh, but <laughs> when I, when I started out, um, I didn't know that I could do podcasting. I actually had a guy in radio. He says, you had a pretty good voice for this. Like, I never even thought about that. Like, do I? I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> but uh, when I started out, I started out even solo. Like, I'm not even, I'm just going to go through the process, figure out the process. Can I show up every week? 
Um, so I started doing that. And then I started inviting a friend or two, like, hey, you know, let me try this guest thing. Let me see if this yeah. works. And and then I started, then some people started asking me if they could be a guest. And then I started seeking it and it just grew from there. And obviously we're talking because I found you. Um, or we found each other. But that can be applied to so many different things. And, and, mm -hmm. But you don't know. You, you can tr try it a little bit. Start out slow. And, and, and the equipment, too. Like I was on Zoom. I was just doing the first 30, 31 episodes. I just had audio. I had no video. Yeah. Yep. And then I started expanding and start improving and, and start investing more into that. And I think that's that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, you know. You can do these different things and, and you study the analytics, you understand, you look at your insights, you see what's uh, having an impact either on, you know, where you're getting the attention and or where you get and then for sure where you're getting the sales or conversions. Yeah. Um, is so so that's a that's great advice for a, a small business. Is there other what other lessons can you share um, when it comes to, you know, those larger corporations, those larger businesses that are out there that are making these decisions in the same space that small businesses are in, but they're just making uh, on a larger budget kind of decision. Right, right. Um, what 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 other things can we learn from from uh, those large companies that could be applied to somebody that's uh, you know a smaller budget, small business, uh, maybe starting yeah. out or even been doing it for a while and they just can't get traction. One of the things that was surprising working with a lot, a number of large brands is uh, they were asking, how do we work with our agency better? Um, even though they have teams of marketers, they're still using external agencies to do a lot of the, you know, the paid search work or, you know, the, the, some of the ad work. So that was surprising to me is that they've got a lot of people on staff, but yet they're still using agencies. And so I started talking to them about that, and it was funny because they're, what they were describing as the problem with working with an agency, it's the same thing that small businesses work through, which is the, they have the question of, well, who's leading? We, we're the business and they're the agency. Who should be leading this project? Mm. Um, and then uh, when they give us a report, it's full of charts and graphs, but you know, we don't know what questions to ask. Ah, right there it is. I see the same thing in small business. We don't know what questions to ask. If we approach an agency, you know, they give us their sales spiel, but we're not sure what exactly they're saying. They're using a lot of unfamiliar words. Right. And so that pain point is exactly the same at a Fortune 500 global company as it is the company down the street. I don't know what questions to ask. I don't know what data is important. And I'm expecting them to give me advice. What should I do? You know, if you dump all this data on me, what does it mean? And now some of that, I, I do put a lot of this from the, you know, from the agency world. A lot of this is the agency's issue. They know that the bigger the report they give you with the more graphs, the less questions you're going to ask. And that's a problem. And it's the same thing in the big companies. You know, they're, they're getting a hundred slide decks with charts and graphs and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but no insight. What does all this mean? Tell me what it means. What are you seeing? What's the trend? How's this working? And the problem is, is in a meeting space, when people were making their presentation or delivering their report, no one wants to ask a question because no one wants to look stupid. And 
If someone does ask a question at the end of the meeting, I guarantee there's at least two other people that are rolling their eyes because they want to leave. And, you know, you just extended this meeting for another five minutes because you asked a question. Well, <laughs> yeah. if you don't ask a question, right. then we don't have clarity on what things mean. And if you don't know what things mean, then you don't know what you're getting. The agency may be using one word for something and you may interpret it as something different. Mm, right. So the problem is in both sides, we don't know what we're what we're asking for. We don't know what we need. We don't know how to ask the right questions to get down to it. And so it's funny, I, I saw a survey somewhere that I think most small business owners would rather go to the dentist than do marketing uh, <laughs> because it's a headache. And then agencies, especially, you know, I'm sorry to say, but agencies that do SEO don't have the best reputation. And so what they, business owners, you need to know what questions to ask and also when to cut ties because if they're just giving you a data dump without clear explanation of here's what's going on here's why it's happening and here's what we think you should do and by the way if you do that here's what we think will happen you know making that financial impact of based on the data here's what we think will happen if we do this business owners would you know you show them that, yeah, absolutely. They just need to know why. And so I think people need to get over the fear of asking questions, but business owners do need to take that time to, to educate themselves just even about the basics and don't be afraid to ask questions. How do, how do they educate themselves though? Where do they go? I mean, they That's have a to good find question. <laughs> because I found the worst place to go for SEO advice is to a search engine. Um, because you're going to get <laughs> articles written by I don't know how many people. Um, yeah. Honestly, probably one of the best places to go right now, if you want like really condensed, clear information, is probably like a LinkedIn Learning. Um, mm. You know, it's it's a all that content is vetted. I don't recommend YouTube because anyone can make a video and put it on YouTube. Um, and I'll also plug myself at this point. Uh, you can go to learn.sitelogic.com and I have online training. Uh, right now I have a certification course for marketers. I'm also building a, uh, a small business builder course designed for the owner so that you can either learn how to do it yourself or you learn what questions to ask. Uh, and it's condensed into a small little package that doesn't require a lot of your time. Uh, but if you want someone to look over your shoulder, that's available too. Um, but use resources that are vetted, that not just anyone can create content. YouTube, you don't know what you're getting. The production value may be insanely good, but the information, you know, who, who's, who's double checking it? Who's looking over their shoulder? Who, who's the technical advisor? Um, when you go to someone like a LinkedIn or, or, you know, or, or maybe a university, you've got someone who not only had to create the content, but someone was also evaluating it, making sure that what was being said was accurate and it was high quality. Right. If you've got reviews on it and stuff too, so you can get that feedback, just like, you know, uh, books today, they all got reviews and you can kind of determine uh, if this person, this author or whoever knows what they're talking about. Right. Yeah, right. That's, that's really good advice. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's it. I think, uh, I think you hit on it. I, th I think I just had a light bulb moment for all business owners. <laughs> um, 
that it, it's, it really is, you have to take the time to actually educate yourself, to know what questions to ask. And some of that, I mean, is experience too. I mean, it, it, after a while, you're gonna you're gonna learn just by working with people and stuff like that. But it's it's in, I, from my perspective as a web design development agency, working with other marketing agencies. I mean, one of our kind of our thing is to actually have strategic partnerships with like other digital marketing agencies, advertisers, and stuff like that. And but through that experience and working with their clients or we have direct clients too. It's, it's really interesting when you hear, when I hear a partner or somebody I'm working with say, you know, this is an easy customer or this is an easy person to work with. They don't care what we do. They just, you know, we're working with, I have someone actually right in mind right now that we're working with where it's right. like, we could do almost anything. And they would be mm -hmm. like, that's awesome. Um, and they, it's not that they're not asking questions, but I, I don't know if they know enough about the space to really know they're just going to trust that what, what we're telling them and, and how we're guiding them um, is is the right course. Um, but they don't have it's it's like they're it's luckily they're working with us because yeah, hopefully we know what we're, we're doing and we are steering <laughs> them in the right direction. But there's. A lot of people out there that um, don't know what they're doing and they're giving out advice or they learned it from a book and I'm now I'm an expert. Now I can tell, tell you right. what to do. And, um, right. and that's, but the only way you can really uh, learn, like a good starting point is, is going out and learning uh, from LinkedIn learning or whatever, uh, or finding an expert. I mean, the next best thing is finding a coach, somebody that can look at your your unique situation and, and, uh, even get you more precise advice and, and uh, knowledge. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that it's, I think that's, that's a bit, that's interesting. Um, as you think about it from, from even just SEO advertising, all that stuff, like what is, what questions do you ask if you don't know anything? Yeah. Um, you can't, because yeah. I think that's obviously why a lot of people run into troubles and lose a lot of money is because they took a leap of faith because they didn't know any better. I've, mm -hmm. I've sat here hearing people tell me that they spent 150000 on ad spend, small business. Now they're broke. <laughs> oh. And they were like, they were like, yeah, but they, they, they went out and, and then they tell me what that person did for them. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't even yeah. do marketing anymore or advertising. I'm like, I think you um, were steered wrong here. That wasn't mm -hmm. where your market was. <laughs> yeah. But somebody, but they don't get, somebody just made a bunch of money off of them. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. My, my advice to business owners was usually um, when you talk to a company or an agency, how much did they talk about you? Um, if they talked about themselves most of the time, then that should be a red flag. If they mm -hmm. asked the majority of questions and you did the majority of talking, then that's usually a good sign that they're listening to you and they are thinking about how to apply what they know to what you do. If they're coming in, here's our system, here's what we're going to do, and, and, and it's all their presentation and they're not learning about the nuances of your business. 
of what drive what is most important to you what how do you make decisions it, those it all comes back to understanding the business there's a lot of people that understand digital channels but they don't understand how business works and I'm sorry there's a lot of SEO companies that don't know the first thing about profit they they they'll they'll pitch look at you know what we did look at how much you know we made you in sales well there's a difference between revenue and profit and if you don't understand that yeah. then it's going to damage your business especially if the agency you're working with doesn't understand that so an agency should be spending and that's where I'm sure with your client you have put in the time to earn that trust because they're confident you understand their business you understand what's important to them how they operate how they make decisions and they're confident when you say we're going to do this that it's going to work out for me they may not understand the nuances but you've built that trust and so that's one of the things that's very very critical to working with an agency is how much do they understand the business of what you do and i say that you know most times that's a good sign that's actually it's actually so it's like a two-way street you have to yeah. actually ask good questions, but the person you're working with has to ask you good question. That's a good, that is actually a good uh, signal that somebody can use and be like, is, are they asking me good questions? Again, I can, let me take web design, for example. If I, we do a lot of maintenance, we have maintenance contracts and stuff. Um, when I first start working with somebody or before I do, I will ask them, what is their pain points? What particularly, mm -hmm. what are they struggling with the most? Right. It might be as simple as, hey, our website crashes, you know, and we can, you know, we've gone whole days without our website up and or <laughs> during a promotion. That's, well, that's a good starting point. Um, yeah. Or, uh, or this, it could be a speed issue. You know, somebody built us this theme, but it's really slow. It could be technical stuff. It could be a design thing. Uh, and it's then it's something else you spoke to is is. Uh, that is important is not to just talk about the numbers and, and show the charts and all that stuff and and uh, what you're capable of doing for somebody and all that, but also speaking to them, taking taking all the things you tell them and then turning around and having a roadmap for them and a plan to take them from point you, you from where you are today, all your pain points and, and solving those and then taking it even beyond that. And mm -hmm. um, those are the type of things you want to, I think makes sense whether it's a web design agency development whether it's seo other digital marketing agencies that you want to work with somebody that's actually listening to you building a customized roadmap and and understands all the things like you know what's a profit <laughs> you know what what is profit <laughs> like i'm not gonna hey we're breaking even woohoo uh yeah, that's right, good enough right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and that was such a, it, it's really interesting because, you know, when you talk to companies and, and, and sometimes from an agency perspective, you may, you're going to, like I said, I was working with a lot of clients and I was teaching while I was marketing. Here's what's going on, but also working with them to better understand what do you want? Um, I'll never forget working with a company and, you know, they're, I'm asking what their pain point. What do you want out of this? And they went, we want more visits. We want more people coming to the site. I'm like, why? Yeah. Right, What's right, that? Right. And, and they said, well, if we get more people, we'll get more leads. And, and I had to explain to them that, no, that's not, one does not necessarily mean the other. That I can 
I can triple your visits tomorrow, but you're not going to get more leads. And so it's explaining, well, how does this work together? What's happening? And we're targeting the right people. And then it was, okay, now we've gone off visits. You want more leads. Now, do you want good leads or do you, you know, are you just after a number? Do you want right. 20 leads a week? Do you want a hundred leads a week? Or are you trying to grow your customer base? You know, what is it that you want? What's the real goal that you have here? And that's where working with, with clients, that was always, always, you know, to me, that, that was always the kicker and how I would land them is because I would keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. What is it that you want? And what does that get you? Well, or is that what you want? You know, and I'm like, is it 100 leads? They're like, well, yeah, but, you know, and I'm pushing them to eventually say, what we really want to do is we want to grow our revenue by 20. Okay, you want to grow revenue by 20%. Oh, fantastic. Well, do you want to grow revenue or profit target? You know, and, and start digging in because now, because here's the thing, even if I get them visits, even if I increase their leads, if they don't see those financial targets increase, it doesn't matter they're going to look at, you know, I could be delivering all kinds of stuff, but if they don't see that bottom line increase, yeah. then we're not on the same page. So, but a lot of times I think a lot of business owners aren't sure how to properly articulate. This is what I want. Right. What I really want is more revenue, more profit. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> No, exactly. You know, it, and using the speed example, like I, I client in particular that I started helping, I'm working with a year, year and a half ago, year and a half ago already. Um, and it's really concerned about speed. Like, why? And, but why? It's a big, it's, it's peeling that, you know, that onion, like what, why is speed so important? And, and um, there are very, already have good revenue. They got a lot of sales. They got a, it's a e-commerce store. It's, it's got a lot going on already, but why, why is speed such an issue, issue for you? And well, of course it's, you know, when you get to the bottom of it, because 80, 90% of their traffic and their sales come from search and speed is important in that realm especially mm -hmm. mobile and all that stuff. So, yeah. you know, getting down to that. So those are the things you got to, I think as a small business owner, you have to, um, you know, find yourself people that understand to, you know, that are asking those questions and getting down to, to the nitty gritty and then create right. that plan for you. Awesome stuff. Anything else you want to, we, you know, we're at about uh, 45 minutes. Uh, do you have anything <laughs> else you, that, you know, earth shaking that you, uh, advice you have for, <laughs> for small business uh, that you could leave us with? <laughs> man, earth shaking for small business, man. That is I'm like, we've already covered analytics. We've yeah, covered pain points, working with agencies. I'm, I'm like going down through my head here, trying to figure out what exactly is it? Um, well, I mean, part of on the same, on that same trajectory of a client who says, I want more leads or anything like that. What I've had to educate people on as well is if you want more leads, that's great. I can measure everything up to that point. But as soon as that lead goes into your CRM, what happens to it? You see, in order to then, if I'm supposed to be measuring revenue, if I'm supposed to be measuring expanding your customer base, things like that, that means that me as your marketer, now I need to have access into your business systems. Mm, I yeah. need to have access into that CRM because 
at this point, and, and, and so here comes with working with your agency and who's responsible for what. If you want me responsible for leads, great. I can do that with your website analytics. If you want me responsible for the quality of leads and an increase of business, then I need to be able to see what happens to those leads after they hit your CRM. Who's following up? When are they following up? Um, what's the close rate of your different salespeople? Uh, you know, now we're, and, and so, so many times with businesses, it's not just the marketing. It's, it needs to go hand in hand with sales. It needs to be a friendly relationship. I can tell you how many, even large businesses, all marketing does is produce leads and the salespeople are complaining they're not quality. But the problem is marketing can't see past that, that silo. And that's a big business and a small business problem that yeah. I, I may call myself a marketer, but if you don't let me see what's going on back behind this, I can't help you. I can't see which content is not just creating a good amount of leads, but which content is highly influential in creating that sale beyond the lead, which content is highly influential in keeping your uh, retention level high. And so, yeah, that's where a good understanding of business owners and agencies and who's responsible for what is the area of responsibility has also to cover access to the data in order to make those decisions. That's beautiful. So, that, that is I'll leave really you with good. that. That was yeah, a good, that was a good, yeah. <laughs> I, tie, I think it kind of t ties everything together, you know, because it's like you can have somebody that say, I'm going to just like throw more and more traffic at your site and, and uh, who knows what kind of flavor of traffic, whether it's going to convert or not. Or we're going to just send you all these new leads, but then you, what are you doing with those after you have them? Yep. <laughs> what happens now? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm sure you've run into that. And you, I mean, that, that, that was a pain point, you know, when I was in the agency business is we got this system working for you. What are you doing with it? I'm sure you've yeah. run into that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, yeah, it's beautiful. It's doing a great job on the front end here. Um, what are we doing on the back end of that? And uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, and, and that needs, and it also comes down to all talking about that quality stuff, you know, the, the quality of the lead, the quality of, like, you're going to learn about how, how quality it is on the back end. I mean, you can have, we've heard, well, you've probably heard the stories or you work with people that have small lists. They have this small list. They don't get many leads, but man, they convert. They're just, mm -hmm. you know, um, I've had lists over the years, you know, I had a list of, uh, when I was doing, um, Internet marketer, internet marketing back in the 2000s. I was known for my PPC uh, affiliate marketing methods, and I had a list of probably somewhere between five, ten thousand. It wasn't a big list, but it was super niched, and it was yep. super. It converted like crazy because if they were on that list, they were nerds. They really wanted to know <laughs> what I was what I was yep. talking about. But it's the same. And, and, but being able to understand that, oh, the you know, what's going on after I had those people and how I could follow up with them and, and convert and, you know, and understand that why that was happening up front, you know, why we were getting, you know, what type of traffic that was, but then what we're doing with it after was super important. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, good stuff, man. Uh, let, let's leave it. I could just keep talking here. I'm going to, cause I love this stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if somebody, uh, now you do, 
you help people. You got you, you said you got stuff on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said your website already. Let's say it again. What what your name of your website is? My primary website is sitelogic.com, and that's S-I-T-E, website, you know, sitelogic.com. Uh, and from there, you can get to my podcast, which is the Endless Coffee Cup podcast, mm-hmm. and you can also get to my online education site, which is learn.sitelogic.com, but it's all focused into sitelogic.com. Do you do any, like, uh, one-on-one coaching or, like, you know, uh, consulting or anything? as well or sometimes um sometimes but i will say my schedule is packed yeah, full packed right out. now um uh so yeah i do a lot of travel a lot of uh training with companies with government with right. uh a lot of others and so usually if it's individuals it's part of a group gotcha. uh, of gotcha. like business owners or something like that and what's your podcast about what, is, what do you talk about on there the podcast is uh, it's endless coffee cup podcast where we caffeinate your talk marketing. About, you just talk about coffee cups. Coffee, it's for coffee yeah. cup collectors. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I I love coffee, and so yeah, it, it's it's all about that. Just have that conversation, and so sometimes it's about marketing. Sometimes we get technical. Um, I had a good friend of mine who's been uh, uh, Barry Schwartz, who's been reporting on search engines for over twenty years. Uh, we met, I think, in 2003 oh, at yeah. a conference and, you know, just had him on. But, yeah, they also will we'll have someone who talks about the sociology of, of social media um, nice. and maybe media. So I, I like to talk about both the, the technical side, but as well as the cultural side of marketing and how it affects us. Very nice. I'm going to check it out for sure. Uh, thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. Well, thanks again, uh, Matt. It's been great. Good content. I think uh, our audience will love it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks, Miller's crew. Take care. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, please subscribe if you haven't already and give us a thumbs up if we deserve it. If you want to comment on this episode's page, provide me with requests on topics for future episodes, or inquire about being a guest, please find your way to thebuilders.fm. You can contact me there or add a comment under these show notes. Now a word from our sponsor, my agency, Unified Web Design. We build custom websites, features, we maintain websites, we work with agencies to fulfill their web design and development needs, and more. If you're interested in our services or are looking for an agency to work with as a partner to build awesome sites for your clients, feel free to reach out to me at unifiedwebdesign.com. There's a handy contact me link at the top. Fill out that form and it will open a ticket and that ticket will find its way to me. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.